When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Introducing The Corner Booth, a football podcast covering the latest trends and news in college football and the NFL. Here are your hosts, Jared and Mark. Welcome in, folks, to another edition of The Corner Booth Podcast. I'm your amazing host, Jared Clem. Mark and Kevin are both out today. So joining us is the newest newbie, here at Belly of Sports, Mr. David Prince. David, how you doing, bud? I'm doing good. Uh, happy to be here. I do want to throw out a disclaimer real quick. I did not know these guys were Philly fans when I hopped on. Um, so uh-huh. all my Chicago guys, uh, we'll try and limit the double doink uh, jokes today. Uh, but I'm happy to be here. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. See, I was no problem, man. Listen, I was gonna hold off on those because, like, listen, y'all suffered enough, man. Because I mean. Uh, you had Jay Cutler for five or six years, so you know what? You guys suffered enough. It's just unfa- your fault you lost to Nick Foles. Not your fault you lost to Nick Foles. Cody Parkey got cut, cut by two teams. You should have known it was going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I like Nick Foles. Uh, if you're going to lose anybody, you know, he's a stand-up guy. So it's better now. It's not The wound's not as harsh, so uh, I'm over it. Ready for the next season. Perfect. All right. So first off, folks, got a big show today. We're going to talk about NBA playoffs. Finals week, of course, is here. East and West, of course, not the NBA finals. We've got Golden State, Portland. We're going to talk about game two was last night. Bucks, Raptors, game two is tonight. Uh, as well as we got a lot of things in the rundown. Tyreek Evans got suspended. We're going to tell you for how long. I even haven't brought that name in five years. Uh, KD is going to be <laughs> out for a little while longer. Josh Norman rips Dave Gettleman again. And, of course, Draymond is running his mouth. Let's get rock and rolling. First up, David, we were talking NBA playoffs. Last night, Golden State snuck one out in Portland, coming back, and in the final seconds, of course, Andre Iguodala knocking the ball out of uh, Damian Lillard's hands. Of course, the best player takes the best shot, last shot. Uh, NBA, of course, said it today is not a foul. Now the, Bla- the, <laughs> the Blazers are down 2-0-2, going back to the Rose Garden. Next, uh, I think it's Sunday they play. Or maybe Saturday. I'm not even sure. Um, yeah. I, I'll, I'll get confirmation on that in a second. But, of course, game game three will be in Portland. What are you making of the series so far? I, I'm, like, a little blown away that yeah. like, they blew the game last night. Yeah, I mean, that was a, a tough loss for Portland because it felt like it was their game to win. You know, if they could have stole game one, uh, they could have, you know, stole home field uh, or home court advantage the rest of the series. So it's a tough one. In my honest opinion, um, the Dubs are playing like they're back in 2015 when Curry was the MVP, um, and they're just flying high, and they're just, you know, on that rise. Um, so I think they're scary, and I think it's pretty much over for uh, Portland. They had their chance. Uh, they needed really? to steal at least one. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a probably a gentleman sweep. I think they get one at their home court, but I think five or four one uh, Golden State. But I wouldn't be shocked if it was a, a clean sweep. See – Back when me and Kevin about a month ago did the NBA preview because Mark was on Mark was out, we talked about I talked about the only there were only two hopes for the NBA that the Warriors would not repeat. 
One is Giannis and the Bucks, and two is James Harden and the Rockets. Boy, was I wrong mm-hmm. about the second one. But <laughs> here, I love Damian Lillard. Even though his terrible just play in my Timberwolves division, I love Dame. Unfortunately, yeah. I think he'll never win a title in Portland. He's going to have to go to another city. Minnesota, cross my hand. Him and Kat, can you <laughs> Um, he, he said that he wanted to stay in Portland. He said he's never. I know. Been, listen, he's, he's, I, he, he's from my area though. He's a Northern Cali boy. It makes sense. Yeah. So I'm not knocking him for it. I love Damian Lillard. I love the Trailblazers. It's a great organization. They've had great players their entire like existence. The thing is, unfortunately, they just this was their game. You're right. They could have stolen this game. They could have made it even. So now their backs up against the wall. And we, I was listening to Colin. Y'all, of course, know I listen to Cowherd every day. <laughs> I am a Cowherd nut. Um, by the way, breaking news, Tiger Woods will miss the cut at the PGA Championship of uh, plus five over. Yikes. Uh, Brooks, Brooks Kepka, who apparently is a mooks of a man, is 12 under leading the pack. That is my one golf take for the next 10 years until Tiger Woods is <laughs> not the major. Um, back to what I said before. You were completely on point here. I don't think it's over, but I think Portland's going to have to go ape shit in Portland to even keep yeah. the series relevant. Because if they lose a game, it's over. Colin Coward even said that before on his show. I was listening to on the ride home today. And he was right. Because you, then you got to go back to Oracle. And then yeah. you're banking that you can take two games at Oracle. I'm not well, banking. Not going to happen. No, you can't. So they have to take both games in 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 the Rose Garden. So, I mean, is it possible? Yes, but because Kevin Durant, by the way, we're gonna take one off of our uh, off of what's on tap. But Kevin Durant is go- didn't even make the trip to Portland, so he is out three to four. Uh, he's out for games three and four. So if there is an opportunity for Golden State to be- get a game stolen from them by Portland, it's because now Durant is out. But even Seth Curry brought up the point that they're a harder team to guard without Durant, which I totally see. Yeah. Because Durant is more of a boss. It's weird to say that they're almost a better team, at, you know, the caliber of player that Kevin Durant is, but they just play so well, so fast, and it's it's actually really beautiful to watch. Um, it's it's like the 2015 Golden State Warriors roster. Exactly. You know, so it, it's, it's scary, man. Uh, this team's really, really good. It, you know what's so funny? It's a more fluid motion. There's like a lot less ball stopping. Kevin Durant, as much as I have become, as y'all, all you listeners know, I have become a big Kevin Durant fan over the past couple of months because of LeBron's stupidity and because I started to appreciate how much of a great player Durant is. Yeah. And as you even said on our last show, if Durant wins another title, I put him right there neck and neck with LeBron, and I got, I, I'm surprised I haven't gotten crucified for it yet. But. I know you said if he wins people. another title? If he wins another title. If he comes so back in the, in the finals and knocks off Giannis and wins his third straight finals MVP, I put him right there with LeBron. Yeah. No question. Three and one in the finals. It's pretty good. Exactly. And, and he's in his prime right now. Exactly. So. <laughs> you know, the thing is, he'll even if, if he goes to New York and wins another one in the next five years, I'd put him three all-time behind uh, – I'd put him three all-time behind Jordan, Kareem, and then I put him and Kobe probably tied. I love okay. Kobe. I love Kobe over LeBron. But if Kevin Durant wins one in the in, for the Knicks, I might put him over Kobe. So that's a whole other argument for another day. I'm a huge Kobe guy because, of course, I'm a Philly fan. And Kobe, yeah. of course, is from Philly. So 
I, I mean, I hate to get off topic here, but where's Steph Curry in your rankings? Probably seven or eight. So he's top ten? Yes. Best three-point shooter. Think by the, I think most dangerous shooter of all time. Like, he can hit a shot from anywhere on the court, and if you let him, even when he's o- covered, he's open. Yeah. It's, uh, I it's, think, un, it's unbearable. I You know, I used to hate Curry, and I started appreciating what kind of a shooter he is, and I'm like, holy crap. Like, that's just not skill. That's like God-given talent. Because yeah. his dad, his daddy was a hell of a shooter, too. So yeah. it's like... He's got a little more swagger to him, you know, than his brother and his dad. I mean, I uh, hate... I, I, God, I can't stand his wife, though. She just doesn't shut the fuck up. Aisha? I think Aisha, oh, God, stop talking. Like... <laughs> well, compared to LeBron, he's a saint. So there you go. Um, yeah. Bucks Raptors, my initial... All right, game one, this is all I got to say. Kawhi looked out of gas. Giannis looked like Giannis, and Brooke Lopez, yeah. like it was like five years ago, just absolutely bombarding the freaking Raptors with three pointers. Lowry still dropped thirty, and they still lost. So yeah, that's that's why that's the biggest. I think that's the biggest uh, point you can get get from that game. Kyle, Kyle Lowry dropping thirty, and you still lose. I mean, dude, that I is think this could be a sweep. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I, I can see the Warriors and Raptors the Bucks in a game here. Yeah. And this means essentially you can punch the, the Kawhi's ticket to the Clippers. You think so? I don't think he's going to the Lakers. No, I don't think he's going. To, I don't think he's going to L, uh, the Lakers. But I don't I, think I, he's. I'm I don't thinking, think he's going to leave Toronto. We can even talk about this for another. Let's save this for later in the show. But the only frades I could see going to L.A. are like maybe Boogie Cousins and Jimmy Butler. Both it's top. All, all the big, guy, all the big team players. guys don't want to go near LeBron. Yeah. LeBron's burned so many bridges this year, and, like, his effort and, like, the whole red wine bullshit in the shop, he's become too mogul. Guys want to win. Nobody yeah. wants, You don't win with a mogul unless he's the third or fourth option. So that's – but, like, anyway, like, I just think, like, with the – I digress. With the Bucks, I look at – and everyone talks about Middleton and Giannis. Brooke Lopez. Yeah. Eric fucking Bledsoe. Dude, Eric Bledsoe, two years ago, was probably one of the hottest names on the trade market. He's, he's a dog. He's a bulldozer. He just gets right to the rack any at will. I, I, and you know, I just I look at that team. I'm like, I here. I'm not. I'm not. When I look at the the roster of the Bucks, I, I still don't think. I think they're a great team in the East. But when when you look at the 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 West. And what but they have to go through to get to the finals. The, it, you know, I, would, I, I see where you're going with this because, you know, against yeah. the West, it's different. The West, is it's like playing the NL versus AL in baseball. It's a completely different animal. But yeah. what is – I also – Oh, you what, go. Sorry. Yeah, no, I just I – didn't, I didn't think Milwaukee – I haven't believed in them all year. They kind of remind me of the, the Derrick Rose-led Bulls who oh. had the best record in the – you know, in the in the in the oh regular season, you saw Jamario Moon when he was on the jump a couple months ago, man, that was terrible. <laughs> I, saw, I, I saw a take, I was like, oh my god, it's yeah. him in the I, ass. I'm just being honest. I really didn't think they were that good. I thought they would get beat by Boston, so that really shocked me. And then what they're doing right now, if they you know continue you know to you know play well and sweep uh, this series, then I could see. I think it's gonna be tough, but I don't think anybody's gonna take out Golden State, especially if they get Kevin Durant back. All right. By so, the way. Full disclaimer, Milwaukee is my NBA Finals champion pick. At, wow. I said, I, mean, I said, I said the Bucs were going to win this thing. And I everyone was looking at me like I had four heads. I said the Bucs are going to win. 
Yeah. Well, back then, I also did think that the Rockets were going to upset the Warriors. But the Rocket, the what is the one team in the East that matches up really well against the the Warriors? The Bucks. The Bucks' length and the fact that they're going to have to force Golden State to get hot from three because you can't get inside between Brook Lopez and Giannis. You really think you're going to score? No, you won't. So, but the Boston series yeah. is so funny to me because one after Chris Paul uh, Paul Pierce's comments, I knew it was over. I knew Milwaukee was going to sweep them because. Chris Paul should not be allowed near a microphone. For a guy who graduated with a journalism degree and is inspiring to make this his full-time career, Paul Pierce makes me want to puke in my mouth. Because his takes are such shit. They make they make Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith look intelligent. On first Did he, was he the one that said it was over or was that Barkley? Yeah, it was over in five. That's what he said. It was over. It was going to be sweet. First of all, if any actual sane human being looked at that tape, Milwaukee was gat. Milwaukee looked rusty. They hadn't played in a week. Boston just played a crazy series, and they're like, oh, okay. Well, not a crazy series, but they played a, a more, you know, actual series than what uh, – I don't even who they put, remember who Boston played in the first round. Did they play Brooklyn? No, no that was uh, Philly played Brooklyn. Who they play? Yeah. I would have to look that up, man. Hold on. Oh, no, no, no. That was Toronto played Orlando. This is how depressing this is for the Celtics. I don't even remember who they played in the first round. Oh, my gosh. Dude, this is actually, like, it's okay. Like, like our listeners know, like, sometimes we actually will get. Oh, Pacers. Oh, yeah. Indiana. A, a, a Victor Oladipo-less Pacers team. And they still didn't sweep them. No, I think they swept them. They just yeah, swept, they swept them. 4-0. They're all, yeah, like, listen, they're listen. all very close games, though. Exactly. That's the other – oh, that was what I was actually thinking. They didn't, they, they didn't blow out a Victor oladipo as Pacers team. Miles Turner's their only star. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, but the hype train was real when they swept them. Oh, my God. No. The it's, media you know, now. Our boy Colin Coward was leading that hype train about the Celtics and, you know, Brad Stevens and Jason Tatum. And I'm like, oh, God. Listen – I am a for I, David. I am a football nerd like you are. I watch too much film. I swear to God, it consumes my life. Before the draft last year, <laughs> I think I watched probably a hundred hours of film on prospects. Did it the last three years in a row. Um, wow. Yeah, probably not a hundred. Probably like fifty or sixty, but still. Like yeah. I watched like when Leonard, the year Leonard Fournette's draft class, I probably watched probably fifty sixty hours of film because I watch about okay. a ten minute. I probably watch about a 12 minute clip on every prospect I could see. I want to see what these guys can bring. So yep. when I, I'm a tail of the tape guy, combine stats are fine. Stats on the books are fine. I am not a big believer in sabermetrics. They don't work in, in baseball. It works. So your C plus player looks like a B plus guy in free agency. That's all it works. Right. Tail of the tape. Yeah, t- tape don't lie. Tape don't lie. Boston barely beat a Victor Oladipo. Who's probably a top 25 player in the NBA right now. Top 30. Didn't beat a Victor Oladipo yeah. Pacers team. Besides that, they have a ball-centric point guard in Kyrie Irving. I love Kyrie, but I just don't think he's a good fit in Boston. They have an, a good he, wing in Jason he's not the, He can't be a number one guy. He has to be Kyrie, that, no, no, that no, 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 no. You need to have a Kevin Durant or a LeBron or a Anthony Davis. You have somebody, he can be a number one, but your number two has to be right on his tail. 
Okay, I like that take. That's good. Okay. Him it's, and KD would be nice. Him and KD would be great. Even him and Anthony, just him and Anthony Davis would be a great combo. But yeah, even him and Melo in his prime would have been great. That kind of like that kind of like a score type down in the three or the four. It works. Yeah, Melo's decline came so fast, though. He could, you know, he can even go up to Minnesota and play with Cat, and that'd be a great combination. But, so, everyone jumped on this hype train because of Brad Stevens. I wasn't sold. I'm like, listen, Giannis is probably the best player on the planet besides Kevin Durant. What am I missing here? The whole entire series, I'm like, they're rusty. Eric Bledsoe is still a top 50 player to me. Chris Middleton's a top 100 player. You've got a Brooke Lopez, still a great role player. You have all these great guys. Malcolm Brogdon, still a great player. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, huh. I'm missing something here, right? No. They're just wrong. There was too much hype on Boston. And now we're talking about Toronto, who uh, theoretically Marcus saw Kawhi, uh, Kawhi Ky, um, Kyle Lowry. It's not a bad team. And the, the guy whose name escapes me, the, the young kid they have. Who had, a couple, who had like 20 points the other night. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I know. His name is escaping me too. Yeah. They're small forward, whatever his name is. But I digress. You'd think that'd be a great team, a hard team to beat, right? No. The Bucks, they had the game, and the Bucks just came charging back and won. It's not like the Bucks. If the Raptors got blown out, they'd say, okay, they're emotionally drained. No. They, got, they had the game and then blew it. So, yeah, no, I think it's going to be Milwaukee in five, gentlemen sweep. It's going to be two okay. five series. If, if we're, I think it's going to be a little closer. I do think Portland can steal both games. Am I sold on it? No. But do I ride on bets like this? Yes. So there you go. But here's the thing. If you give Damian Lillard hope, though, that's dangerous. That's so dangerous. If, if, they, exactly. win two, if they win their two games at home, then we have a series. The best of three. And, that, and, it's that, just, and there's no Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's back. If Kevin Durant comes back and they lose, oh, God, all hell's going to rain over. That's the uh, best thing for Kevin Durant leaving and all the people that want him to leave. If that happens, I think he's gone. Oh, definitely. All right, so we're going to so. start doing a rapid fire. It's time for what's on tap. First off, the lottery happened on Tuesday right after our show ended. Um, I almost punched the TV when the Timberwolves got the 11th pick when they had nine worst, nine worst record in the league. Adam Silver gave – I gave Adam Silver a nice little middle finger when I saw that. Um but I digress. Top four picks were LA at four, New York at three, Memphis two, New Orleans one, and mm-hmm. oh, Cleveland at five. Um, it's interesting because there was all these reports that Zion was gonna leave and whatever, and you know, we'll talk about that a little bit. Like, but like the potential order, Memphis apparently wants John uh, ja Morant, which I love that pick. You know, you can finally yeah. get rid of Mike Conley, and I think Mike Conley still got some good years in him, but he's just like, is they paid him too much money. Three, you got R.J. Barrett. Even though he says he'd rather go to L.A., nobody gives a fuck what you want, kid. You're a 19 year old dude. You're going to New York. You're going to get traded to New Orleans probably anyway. Uh, yeah. Then at four, you're probably going to see the who gives a shit. The Lakers are a shithole until they get rid of LeBron. And five, I would love to see a guy like Bol Bol or DeAndre Hunter go there. So, But, yeah, it's top five for the lottery. I like it because it killed tanking. Because um, where was Phoenix? I think like seventh or eighth. Well, no, uh, I mean, my Bulls, we got slotted to the seventh. We fell all exactly. the way to the seventh. Exactly. The Bulls, the what, second year in a row. Yeah, third year in a row, we got the seventh pick. Exactly. It killed so we, were the, we were top five. Worst Adam Silver has killed 
tanking. Yeah. It's sad. You know, it's great. Because uh, now, like, teams like my Timberwolves actually have to give a shit during free, during the trade deadline. I love true. it. It's going to make the game more competitive. So, I love it. Um, next up, we got a little more NBA news here. Tyreek Evans. I know a name nobody's brought up in the last five years. Um, <laughs> has been banned two years from the NBA for once again violating the NBA substance policy. Um, I, I heard a lot of weed jokes today. I don't know if it was marijuana, but if it was, stay off the weed. <laughs> to quote Stephen A. It, that's wild that he got banned and he can be reinstated or apply for reinstatement in two years. That's, that's pretty harsh. Josh Norman, Josh, uh, not Josh Norman, Josh Gordon. Gordon got in the NFL, which is yeah. such a more conservative league, which cracks me up. But I, I, this is just hilarious. I didn't even know Tyreek Evans was still playing. So Yeah, he's pretty irrelevant. He was a promising uh, kid, though, in his rookie year. I think he yeah, won rookie Yeah, back when he was in, uh, right? back when he was in uh, Sacramento. Sacramento, was, yeah. Memphis, yeah. Problem is, he didn't have a jump shot, and it was going to kill his career. And look what happened. Nobody uh, had drafted, man. Oh, yeah. It's wild. Uh, speaking of suspensions, uh, Patrick Peterson suspended six games for PED use. You know, I was wondering how a guy who's in his 30s still runs a 4-3 and is not named Deshaun Jackson or Tyreek Hill. Um, yeah, Patrick Peterson's going to be gone until week seven. It's not going to matter because the Cardinals are going to be garbage anyway for the first couple of weeks. I'm not a big believer in Kyle, uh, Kyler Murray yet. If you if all you folks know this, and David, will, David, you'll know this pretty quick. I'm not the biggest proponent of Kyler Murray. I was a bigger Baker Mayfield guy. I just don't like his body type. I'm bigger than he is. I'm 5'11", 225. Kyler Murray's 5'10", 285. And I'm worried Have about you by a linebacker. Speaking and of I'm body tough, type, I'm a did tough you kid. See that, did you see that photo that came out when he was in that camp? Of him, I think he was under center, and the center just looked massive. Like he's gonna be have to be in shotgun ninety five percent of the time because he can't. And see he learned with Mariota in his freshman in his first year, it doesn't work that well. No, it kills I, running back productivity, even if it's David Johnson still. And look, it took Mariota till his fourth year, and now they've got probably the best running back Mariota's ever had in his career with Derrick Henry, my homie. Um, I love Derrick Henry, by the way. That's another running Because, <laughs> listen, like, I picked him up in, like, the eighth round of my fantasy draft, and he got me so many points, even though I didn't make the playoffs, but still. But I love, like, you know, I love that he, they have Derrick, um, not Derrick Henry, David Johnson. But yeah. what I'm worried about is Kingsbury's got to go really, like, Mona Lisa, like, masterpiece here. He's got to do yeah. some crazy shit because this guy is not going to be able to see over half his offensive line. It's not like Breeze where he's got, like, God-given accuracy or Russell Wilson where he's just elusive as all hell and half of his drop back, and he's got Marshawn Lynch in the backfield. It, I'm, I'm, I'm worried for the kid. I really am. I like his prospects. I, I was rooting for him in the, in the playoff last year, but I'm just— I think it's the strangest scenario that the Cardinals would just give up on Josh Rosen. Oh, it's going to bite them in the ass. I'm if this does not work— it's like oh it's like a it's like a you know a make a wish right now. They're, if this does not work and say they Rosen is going to Miami, to, their window's so small. If if they draft if they never drafted Rosen, <laughs> their window would be four years. But now yeah. Rosen is on Miami. Miami's only going to be shit for about one year. It's a good organization. They got money. They're not afraid to spend on a free agents. They draft pretty well. 
Yeah, my was, take was before the draft was, you know, skip on Kyler Murray, you know, use that first round get, pick to get, get a, a Bosa or somebody. Yeah, help or offense, you know, help the offensive line Two for heaven's sake. Miss prospects in your D line. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. That was that was a smart pick, but with Kingsbury or go even go get like go get a tackle, go trade back, get you want get Andre Dillard. Shout out to my Eagles getting the best tackle in the draft. Um, Sheesh. Uh, yeah, let's talk about your Eagles. Are you? Uh, how do you feel about Foles leaving? Are you okay with uh, it? I'm so happy. If you okay, so you go back. So on my page on um on the site, you click on my thing because I'm one of the admins, so I get my name up on the page and everything. Click on my nice. words. First article is putting this Foles Wentz article debate to bed. Yeah, I very promptly said I am. All Eagles fans, including me, are forever in debt of Nick Foles. But get him out of here. We saw in the playoffs, and we saw later in the regular season, a limit to Nick Foles. Yes, he's better with Alshon Jeffrey. Carson Wentz was off this year because he hasn't been healthy since week 12 of the Seahawks game of 2017. He was not healthy all year. And to act like that was Carson Wentz is asinine and stupid. I agree. I I couldn't believe it was. It was just so fun from an you watch on film. Watch that. It's a different. He was a different guy. He couldn't move. He was just yeah. running around. He looked like he was in pain. Carson Wentz has had since week twelve. Thank you, by the way, Demarcus Lawrence for hurting Carson Wentz because now or whoever the hell in the Cowboys offensive line that hurt him because you know what? You gave Carson almost an entire like off season plus to get healthy. It's great. Yeah. But no, on film, Wentz is better in every aspect except for spreading the ball. That's one thing he's got to work on, but that comes with maturity. Yeah. He's so young, too. He's, I love Wentz. I'm also, a big, big fan. One point I've made, and you're a film guy, so you'll appreciate this. The player that they missed the most on their offense last year was Torrey Smith. Because Torrey Smith ran three routes, a slant, a fade, and a streak. What does a fade and a streak do to the safety, David? Um, you know, you said I'm a film guy. Not that big of a film guy. I oh, love I'm sorry. I, 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 I messed yeah. up. I, but a streak, a streak and a fade takes the safety out of the box. How open does that make the field for throwing the ball downfield? Very open. What is Deshaun Jackson's yeah. favorite route to run? A go route. So, man. So when it comes to – it's funny, like, when people – everyone, like, expects me to be – since I tweet about football a ton, you know, a lot of Bears football, that I'm a film guy. I, I'm not that savvy when it comes – I like watching it, but I'm, I've never been able to break down, you know, film like some of you guys can because it, it amazes me. I follow you guys just to, you know, to try and learn stuff, but you guys are amazing. I, I haven't really scrolled through your Twitter, but I presume you kind of do those breakdowns as well. I am very emotional as a fan. But if you actually talk to me in person on, like, a podcast or, like, an interview or something yeah. like that, I'm very X's and O's. Film doesn't fucking lie. That – well, what is going to say on my fucking gravestone is film doesn't lie. And you look at the difference between 2017 Carson Wentz and 2018 Carson Wentz. The difference is there's no deep threat taking the safety out of the box. No Jay Ajayi yeah. running the football, keeping the safety honest. Okay. With, well, Jordan, Jordan, with your you boy this. Jordan Howard and Deshaun Jackson and my and, – um, and my boy um, Miles Sanders out of Penn State, Philadelphia will not only Alshon Jeffrey will have his best season since well will have another great season. So will Jackson, 
Ertz will not have as good of a season. I'll tell you right now. He's the big, he's going to be a bust this year. Not a bust, but like he's not going to have the insane numbers he had last year. But yeah. Howard and Sanders will have amazing numbers. So will Wentz because the offense is so diverse now. But I hope that, Howard I mean, works in your guys' offense. He's a good guy. He just didn't work in Nagy's scheme at all. Oh, no. He's a power back. Yeah. He's he's a faster LeGarrette Blunt. I don't, I, it's not that hard to figure out. Um, yeah. So I digress. Z- we're going back to basketball. Sorry for the little tangent. Yeah. Everyone knows Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. Duke Bay gets me super triggered. Um, Zion <laughs> is reportedly not going back to Duke, despite what Colin Coward and a couple other experts said. He is going to the whoever picks him number one. I think this would be a great situation. As long as – and also, importantly, today, the owner of the – Tom Benson or maybe Gail Benson, whoever is running the Pelicans, legitimately said they will trade Anthony Davis to the Lakers over my dead body. Yes. Wow. I love it. Screw you, Rich Paul. Did, was, that, LeBron, was that verbatim? Was that, that, was was that, that it, was verbatim? On, it was the headline in the herd today. I laughed. I, I saw that. I was That's... in the gym. I was lifted. I, I got off the bench press. I look over. I just started laughing hysterically. I love That's it. That's funny. I so my here's, oh you go first sorry David yeah so here's my take on the uh, on Zion I was actually for the going back to Duke just because I didn't want him to you know rot away in New Orleans but when I found out they might go for R.J. Barrett and get you know that tandem together in the NBA that's fun I want oh, yeah. to see Zion I want I want the NBA to be fun that's what they're you know the stars are the you know the main topic the main selling point of this league so if you if you got those two together then guess what? New Orleans is must-watch basketball. And that's oh, all I want. Totally. And I New Orleans is a great town. I hate the Saints with a burning passion. I love that they had to suffer with the referee gate. But I've been to New that Orleans before. I love partying that city. It's a great town. I, I love for the Pelicans to be good. I would love for it. I yeah. think I've never been a fan of Anthony Davis's game. The only reason he won the national title is because that Harrison Barnes, Kendall Marshall, and Tyler Zeller, um, Tar Heels team, That's got like hit with injuries. Uh, that was the well, best I'm, roster in Carolina had had since their title game, or this yeah. year too. And the thing is, like a lot of Tar Heel teams have great rosters, they have something go wrong. Anthony yep. Davis's Wildcats team was just the best team left. So. I have never been a fan of Anthony Davis's game. I thought he was a not. I thought he was a poor man's KG, a little shorter, not as energetic, not as fiery. I've never been a. Fa- I, you know, he's great. Oh yeah, he scored 52 points in the All Star game. Yippee! I don't care. Yeah. I mean, he's, how many playoff series has he won? You exactly. Know, like one. What yeah, have so you overrated. done for me in the playoffs? Seriously, that's like. It, it, I, it's, it's the whole thing about the, this Saber metrics, all that are bullshit. I'll talk about later when we talk about James Harden, but stats don't mean shit to me. If you can't win me a title or you can't win playoff games, I don't give a fuck what you're doing regular season to be dead. I'd sit 30 games. I don't give a shit. You get into the playoffs and you start winning series, then you, I like I, I will trust you. But yeah, no, I love Zion and Barrett together with a couple picks, possibly, you know, maybe a couple players like, you know, DeAndre Jordan or Dennis Smith Jr. or Kevin Knox, whatever. I love that. I just I want to see LA suffer until they finally get rid of LeBron and cast him to like you know maybe send them like to uh, Phoenix and have him burn away out down there I don't know but yeah I think he would probably retire before he moved somewhere else that would make I me so happy that would make me <laughs> happy you have no idea um 
Next up, and fine, last but not least, Josh Norman. Arguably one of the most overpaid corners in NFL history. Still a solid corner, but he's a, he's a system guy. Jo- I know you're not a big film guy, David, but if um, you know a lot of corner. Josh Norman, his big season he had Carolina back in the Super Bowl run. Carolina with Ron Rivera runs a very cornerback friendly defense. Uh-huh. He goes to he goes to um, Washington. Originally, they tried to run their own system, and Norman was getting exposed. He started to come back and started to look like the Carolina Josh Norman. He's a pain in the ass to try to run routes against. He's a solid corner. I just think he's worth the absorbent contract that paid him. But he was on the Rich Eisen show two days ago. <laughs> and Rich Eisen was asking him, I'm not going to play the clip because, you know, I don't want to, like, uh, copyright or we don't have the permission of that film network. So I'm not going to try to get myself in trouble here. But Smart. When Rich Eisen asked him about how, you know, like, what do you think about him landing Collins, Dwayne Haskins, all going to the same spot in Washington? He goes, what power at B was the charge fat? He goes, I don't know what he's doing, but we got to get this man on salary. We got to protect <laughs> Dave Gellman at all costs. And me and Mark, and me and Dave, sorry, <laughs> me and David, before the show, were listening to this clip. And both, I was crying. I was laughing so hard because I could not believe he even said this. And I, I love it. It's a, that's why I love cornerbacks. They make the best interviews. Oh yeah, they're they always. I mean, they're so talkative. I mean, it's they, it, they're it's just their their position. You know, it is who they are. It's they it's a, it's, a, it's a, it's a shit talking of... position. It's great. I love yeah. it. And he's so right because I had a buddy of mine say he's a New York Giants fan, and I, he's like, oh yeah, I'm a big wearing my Giants gear down in South Carolina, Panthers country. I'm like, were they making fun of you or giving you charity case stuff? Like I feel bad for my best, my best one of my best friends is a Giants fan. I'm like I feel bad for you, bro. Like Daniel Jones, David, I have hit throws that Daniel Jones has <laughs> short throw. I'm not I kidding. mean, I have an okay arm. Like I've hit a, I've hit a 60 yard throw before. Like it was dead center of the field, so it really wasn't much of an angle. But yeah, there were some throws I saw Daniel Jones miss against my Hurricanes in a rainstorm. I was like, they don't stop yes. games for rain in the NFL. Like, this guy is crap. And I had a Duke professor actually hit me up on Twitter after I made the take. <laughs> he was ripping me, saying that it was a very amateuristic take. And I'm like, great, use big words with your 110 followers on Twitter. I mean, I have 145, so I shouldn't really talk that much. <laughs> hey, listen, any of y'all want to follow me on Twitter, at BellyUpJared, be my guest. Make me feel a little more relevant here. But... <laughs> But I, I, here's the I thing. At- I'm, I'm not much of a film guy, like you said, but I want to give my take on Daniel Jones. I have, I watched a couple of – not even his games, just highlights. He does have some talent there. Now, I don't know what the Giants were thinking, but I'm not going to – Get him in the third round. Right Nobody was touching him until then. I know. That's that's the shocking part that he would have – He could, man, he would have been there in the third round, like you said. They could have got a couple other positions, you know, filled up. It blew that kind of that's the only thing that blows my mind. Unless there was other intel, but I mean, teams would have came out by now about if they were going to try and take him. But man, it just doesn't make sense to me. I try to understand. Like I, I like I'm a big fan of you know you got a need, you fill it. That is the whole point of the draft. I am not like you know like if I am going to you know do whatever I got to do. If, I, if I'm a GM, like, I loved the Raiders draft. I loved it. Saline Farrell, loved it. Good character guy, great pass rusher. 
Josh Jacobs lives out of his fucking car for a couple of years. Good running back, catch the ball in the backfield. Perfect Derek Carr. And then who's their third? Who's their other middle pick? I can't remember. Raiders. Another, uh, no, the know, Raiders. Fuck. Who was it? Ah, uh, shit. I know who it is too, and it's gonna kill me. There's another character guy too. Oh, it was a safety out of um, Mississippi State. Abrams. Love him too. He's okay. a thumper. He's a culture guy. All culture guys. I love when you reach for players, but if it fits your system, personnel, and culture-wise, I don't give a shit if you have to trade. You draft them too high. I'm a big need first, best player second kind of guy when I go through a draft. So the Giants need was quarterback, but you could have gotten him in the second. If you really thought he was the best quarterback on your board, go get him in the second round. There were so many good players available. Josh. Fucking Allen was there, sitting there, at six. Probably you got was him the best pass rusher in this draft. Yeah. So yeah. I I I I I don't know what they're doing, but we could go on a rant for about five hours about how stupid the Giants are. But, ladies and gentlemen, it's about time to return to our favorite segment, besides the report card, which we will bring back next week. Um, stay or bail. Now, for all you new to the podcast, uh, part of Dave, uh, David's uh, crew, or, you know, you're just checking out because you talk to me in the gym or wherever you want to hear it for the first time. It's pretty simple. We have three topics. You say if you're going to stay on a, to- a concept or you're going to bail on it, and you give an explanation why you're staying or bailing. So first up, David, Draymond Green. Yeah. After his great second-round victory over with his teammates over the Portland Trailblazers, said, I quote, ah, he feels like he's the best defender of all time. Um, I mean, Stay or bail? Uh, I love Draymond, but this is easily uh, – I'm going to bail on this one pretty hard. Uh, he's a good defender, not great, and definitely not the best of all time. But he is honestly one of the best, uh, maybe fours uh, or like, you know, start role players because he – the way he passes – all the things that he brings to the to the Warriors, uh, the you know the energy, what he embodies, um, is just it's irreplaceable. But to say that he's the best defensive player of all time, I mean, he didn't snag that ball. That was Iggy who took that steal, you know, to seal the game for exactly. game two. It wasn't him. The best so I don't know where that. Yeah, I don't even know where that energy's coming. Yeah, not even the best defender on his own team. I mean, KD's a, a lethal defender. He's his length. Uh, Draymond's kind of slow, you know, when he tries to keep up with guards. Come on, Clay fucking Thompson's the best defensive shooting guard possibly the last 10 years. Oh, my God. And one of the best two-way players. I forgot about him, to be honest. So, I mean, why? Like, yeah. I mean, and Jimmy was up there as well. Jimmy was pretty good. Um, He still is. but that man's name in my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I love Jimmy from his Chicago days. Uh, He's a little different now, but I still love him. But, yeah, I'm going to, you know, to sum this up, uh, I'm going to bail on that. All right, I am going to also bail. First of all, let's go over some great defenders at the four position. My boy, big ticket, my favorite all-time basketball player, Kevin Garnett. Probably arguably Tim Duncan, another four who played excellent defense. You could even throw in Rasheed Wallace was an okay defender. Uh, I wouldn't put him maybe up there, but, you know, Dennis Rodman. Um, hmm, ha, ha. I can keep going now. I can keep – oh, hmm, Alonzo Mourning when they moved to the four later. You know, as Haslam's great – defender lebron james duh. um like <laughs> i can keep going down the freaking list anthony freaking davis like i love what? draymond green i love him he is what basketball- did he say that with a straight face though i want to see the video 
There's no way. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, Draymond never has a straight face. But <laughs> I love Draymond because he's how basketball should be. Chirping, physical, maybe a nut shot here or there, whatever. <laughs> I miss the 90s basketball. It's not the same. I don't like this post-2006 LeBron era basketball. I love that the game's getting more fit. The game's like this playoff. We've seen it get less three point heavy. We've seen it. It's just the best shot available. Now, if they can get a little more physical, I love it. And Giannis is bringing physicality back to this game. Uh, so I'm really hoping Giannis pulls this one off and wins it. So, yeah, no, it's just a dumb take. I love you, Draymond, but you're not even the best defending four in the league right now. You're not even the best defender in your own team. So, next up. Le'Veon Bell, of course. So, you know, we talked about – we haven't talked about this yet because uh, three days – it was Monday right before our other show. Actually, right after our other show, actually. It was Tuesday. I think the guy got released. But the Jets cut ties with their GM and their assistant of VP for personnel. And so now it's all Adam Gase's show. He's running the whole thing. First of all, unless you're Bill Belichick or Andy Reid, don't trust us ever. It backfired with us and Chip Kelly. I've seen it backfire in multiple other cities. And other teams, I hate this for the Jets, but because I don't trust Adam Gase as a head coach, I trust him only running an offense. But now, according to John Clayton, there may be rumors that there could be Le'Veon Bell trade rumors coming up soon. Possibilities of trade, and I am not about this at all. I so the question is, David, I'm gonna I'll, I'll lead yeah. off here. Okay. Do you buy or sell? trading not trading Le'Veon Bell but do you buy or sell it even being a like the Jets even like not quelling this immediately do you like not like putting this fire out so I am hmm. totally bailing on this I'm bailing on the rumors of the trading Le'Veon Bell he's the best running back in football or second or third buying Gurley and um, Zeke you cannot get rid of a guy who literally is going to take pressure off your developing quarterback, and you need to put this to bed now. He's already been through enough. He's already been enough stressful situations. Stressful situations. I love what he said on Twitter. He goes, "I don't give a crap what's on going on right now. I'm here to play football, score, and win games." I love his response. Le'Veon Bell, I'll give you an A plus for that. Adam Gase needs to come out right now and put this to bed. I am bailing on this whole situation. They need to just keep Bell, keep Darnold upright. They're building a good thing in the Jets organization, but they need to focus. They had an okay draft. They had an okay free agency. I love C.J. Mosley, Jamal Adams, Quint Williams. Great interior to their defense, but they need to keep going. They need to go get a wide receiver that's not a slot guy. It's There's so much hanging the balance for the Jets. They are almost on the cusp of not being a laughing stock, and they're almost teetering back to being stupid again. What do you think, yeah. Dave? Yeah, so I mean, I'm with you. I, I'm definitely bailing on this, uh, on the, you know, Le'Veon actually being available. I hope to God he's not available because they went out and traded for him. Um, and and like like you said, the Jets need stability, and Le'Veon's gonna bring that. They're gonna he's gonna help take the pressure off, like you said, uh, their young quarterback, um, uh, Darnold, and who I think is you know outstanding. I think he's gonna be really good in the future. Uh, and I think they need Le'Veon. And to be honest, I think the the best thing that the best thing they can do is have Gase come out, put it to bed, like you said, you know, tell him that you know you love Le'Veon, you love what he brings to the team, and that they're ready to get started next year. 
Otherwise, this is going to be, you know, it's going to be hanging over them for, you know, in, in camp uh, all the way to, you know, preseason. That just needs to, that, that can't happen. You know, they need hey. to focus on football and focus on being, you know, a stable franchise. So I'm going to double down on what you said just now uh, for training camp and everything else. Um, what, what are some things you see in New England, Philadelphia, all the, um, even you go back to, um, back when Denver won or even go back to Seattle before all the craziness started happening with Russell Wilson versus the defense, there was a culture, right? You need to establish a team culture in New York. Philadelphia has got a culture. It's us against the world, family, 53 brothers, in that locker room, and the pops is and the pops is uh, Doug Peterson. In Belichick's era, in Belichick's New England, it's do your job, raise the goat, you fit the system, you win games, you win Super Bowls. Systems and cultures win titles. The Jets yeah. do establish a system, and it cannot be established if your star player is being thrown in trade rumors because. Adam Gase didn't want to spend $14 million for a running back. Well, too bad. You need $14 million for a running back when your quarterback's on a rookie deal. So, uh, this is stupid. Last up, so I, of course, you know, for you folks, you all know, I love Colin Coward. He, I have been listening to his show since I was 10 years old. Yesterday, did a whole countdown, which I thought was a little stupid, but, I, you know, whatever. I'm not a fan of everything he does. About 10, top 10 most memorable moments and Odell's career, Half, like <laughs> incidents he pulled on the sideline. I love Only it. Only three of them were actually, I think, were actual plays. And you know what? His point made sense. Odell is kind of a circus. But of course, Odell Beckham called him out on Twitter, and it was. And then Baker Mayfield joined in. You know how much Baker Mayfield and Colin Coward love each other. Um, and Colin Coward, of course, kind of jokingly was like, "I'll accept their apology later." And uh, and I get Colin's point. Because you got Freddie Kitchens coming out and saying, like, oh, I wish Odell was here. You don't say that in the media. You text Odell. You're like, hey, listen, Odell, I really love you. We're here. We really got to establish a good culture. We got to get this team on the same page. Baker's very young. He needs his receivers here. I'm sure Jarvis Landry hasn't said something to him either. He's probably in his ear, hopefully. But it's been 67 days since the trade. Odell. Get to Cleveland. I want the Browns to succeed just like Colin Coward does. I love Baker Mayfield. I am so happy you're not wearing a Giants uniform anymore because I can root for you now. I loved you in college. And it was so hard not to root for you when you were in New York. But you played for the team I despise the second most in football. Possibly third. I don't know. New Orleans goes back and forth with me. Um, But I want you to succeed. I am so on Cowherd's side, so that means I'm staying on Cowherd's side here. He had the point. I think Baker and Odell, yes, there were, Baker is coming to his boys' aid. I love that. But I don't like how how Odell responded. If Odell just tweeted, all right, bet fam, or I, I see you, Colin, we'll, we'll see week one or whatever, that's great. I love that response. It's like, all right, I'm going to go do my talking on the field. But no. He goes on this little emotional rant on Twitter. It's like a paragraph long about how he's like, I don't want to give this guy the time of day. Then don't share it, you idiot. Just work. Or call Colin. Odell has Colin's number. They've had conversations before. Just call Colin and be like, Colin, what the hell, man? That's it. Don't call on Twitter. That's immature. That's what my fucking, like, 19-year-old coworkers at the moving company do when their ex-girlfriend dumps them. They go rip them on Twitter. That's what I did when my ex dumped me on Twitter when I was 23. All right, like shit. Like that's what you do. 
But like yeah. when you're like a 26 year old guy making 15 million dollars a year, you're the second highest paid receiver in football. You don't do that shit. I am so on coward's side here because Odell needs to grow the fuck up a little bit. Um, I mean, so I'm here for it. I'm here for all of it. Colin did exactly what he wanted. Um, and here's the thing. I mean, I guess uh, Odell and Colin they have they had dinner, you know, a couple months ago. They talked, um, and they're you know they were buddies, good friends or not friends. They were just uh. You know, had a good dinner together. And here's the thing. Colin, he, he doesn't buddy up to anybody. If you're playing well, he will, you know, he'll, he'll talk about it. If you're playing bad, he will call you out on it, no matter if you're his best friend or just an acquaintance. Uh, so he did what he was supposed to do. And then Odell and Baker, I mean, for the content, they're just giving this guy more and more clicks. I love it. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, it is just Twitter. I think they should really keep some stuff off. Like you said, you know, keep it, you know, just text them, do this. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just Twitter. It, it's pretty fun to see everyone interact with each other. And I think it just brings the game, you know, a little closer to the fans. Uh, but at, at one point, you know, you need to stop make it, you know, don't make it so personal. And Baker uh, just keeps coming back to Colin, you know, and kind of chirping at him. Um, so it's pretty funny. But at, at one point, you got to, you know, it, it gets a little old and I think they just need to stop. But I mean, I, I think I'm going to bail on this one. I think they need to focus on football. Uh, but at the end of the day, I do love Baker, love Odell, and I love my man Colin. So that's. I, I I completely agree, and uh, I just you know what last thing about this whole thing is like if I just I really hope that I'm rooting for the Browns. I would love to see the Browns be good. When the Browns are good, it's anarchy in football because you know the whole running course is that, oh the Browns are terrible. It's like if the I love Baker Mayfield, he's one of my favorite players, not on the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm rooting for this, but folks, it's not time to kick smooth jazz. And it's time for last call. Um, David, as you are new to the show, uh, every time when I go, we'll end the show on me doing a little three or four minute rant. We'll have a smooth jazz kicking in the background. And I will talk about something in sports that either irks me, needs to be drawn attention to, or I just love. So for last call, we're going to talk about the beer. James Harden. All right. I'm ready for this. Folks. Sabermetrics is a great thing for B and C plus players in basketball and baseball. It is the dumbest thing on the fucking planet for any other sport. But in basketball, numbers, the, reducing the game, uh, a game that is all about movement and flow and momentum to numbers is the dumbest thing ever. And you guys remember a couple weeks ago, I ripped the Rockets for releasing that whole report about, you know, all oh, the calls they got wrong and how the refs cost them 18 points last year in game seven. So it doesn't matter. Y'all brick 27 shots. I digress. The centerpiece of that Rockets team, which has pissed me off for the past two years, they are literally the whining crybaby rich boys of this league, is James Harden. I love Chris Paul. Chris Paul's a grinder. Chris Chris Paul is blue collar. Chris Paul will chirp at you. He'll yell at you. He plays good defense. James Harden, who is the commander of the Olay defense, he also is one of the guys with probably who just needs a barber, man. Like, come on. But, I mean, then again, I looked at his face and that beer is pretty ugly. But I look at James Harden's game. Can't hit a mid-range jumper. Either slashes, takes 15 steps, and chucks a three up. And everyone's like, oh, analytically, he's the best player in the league. Daryl Morey's coming out as one of the smart guys. No. He's the biggest choke artist in the league. So, let's digress to last week, folks. When the Rockets on Friday could have gone up and tied the series with no Kevin Durant and taking the Warriors to seven and could have finally 
put an end to the Warriors dynasty. Could have punched it in the throat right there because Kevin Durant's going to New York. That's what this, that's what the census is. Kevin James Harden could have separated himself from Russell Westbrook and stabbed the dragon in the neck and been like, I am the best besides Kevin Durant on that team. I am relevant. No, he choked. And the Warriors won. With no Kevin Durant, no Boogie Cousins, and barely any bench. Jordan Bell had eight points. Really? Sean Livingston had like double digits. James Harden has proved to me now more than ever. Numbers in the playoffs don't mean horse shit. I don't give a fuck about your sabermetrics. And I'm sorry I'm, I'm cussing so much. I hate numbers like this. I hate numbers nerds who try to reduce a, a sports to numbers. Yes, stats are great. But at the end of the day, you don't need sabermetrics to tell me that Kevin Durant's the best damn player on the planet. Or that Giannis Antetokounmpo, the second he gets within 12 feet of the rim, is unstoppable. Or that Steph Curry is a lights-out shooter. Or Carl Anthony Towns is possibly the best center in the basketball. Actually, no, after Joel Embiid's performance against the uh, Raptors, Carl Anthony Towns is the best center in basketball. Jokic, I could give as a close second. I'm done with numbers in basketball. They drive me nuts in baseball because, honestly, Sabermetrics said the Diamondbacks were going to lose 90-something games this year because they had no Paul Goldschmidt, who was sabermetrically wins above replacement. His replacement, a 28-year-old first base by the name of Christian Walker, has eight dingers, hitting 270, and has like 20-something RBIs right in the Diamondbacks for like four games behind the Dodgers in first place. So I digress. We win this whole era for the past 10 years, possibly less. Beanball started this whole sabermetrics crap, and then, you know, it moved his way to the NBA. And James Harden is the shining example why no matter how much the game tries to revolutionize with numbers and sabermetrics and next-gen stats, if you can play ball, you can play ball. I don't even put James Harden in my top seven anymore. I don't. Number one... It's Kevin Durant. Number two is Giannis. Number three, Kawhi. Number four, LeBron. Number five, I actually lied to David before in the show. I put Curry at five. At six, okay. Paul George. At seven, I put begrudgingly Kyrie Irving. At eight, I put James Harden. At nine, I put... Actually, no, you know what? I moved James, Dame. I forgot about Dame for a second. I put Dame at six, Kawhi at seven, James at eight, nine. I'll throw... Um, I'm, I'm, but I, you, get, you get the picture. I'm, I'm getting confused here. James Harden's in my the back end of my top ten. He's not the best player in basketball. Giannis is, or Durant. Or even Dame or Kyrie. I mean, or Kawhi. Honestly, the best player on the floor on his team during game six was Chris Paul, who's a dinosaur. He's 35 for a point guard that's aging. The Rockets window's closing. They can't eat Paul's contract. They're stuck with PJ Tucker, Clint Capella, Kevin, Kenneth Fareed, and that whole old squad. Nah. Harden proved once and for all. Oh, I even th- forgot Westbrook. I put Westbrook ahead of Harden now. Or at least tied. Westbrook would be nine, Harden be eight. 
Exactly. I'm done with this whole James Harden's good debate. He's not. He's not even a top five player in my opinion. He's not even top seven. And I didn't even write that top ten down. That was just how my head was working. And clearly because I forgot Damon Westbrook. And I forgot Jokic and Towns. And I mean, I probably... Jokic and Towns are behind Harden, but you get what I'm saying. I'm sick of this narrative that James Harden's a good player. Is, is a top... Is the best player in the league. He's not. He's not even the best player on position. He's the third best shooting guard. Jimmy Butler's right on his tail. So there you go. Folks, that wraps like it, it up. Uh, Dave, actually, no, sorry, I forgot. David, what do you think? I, I, I completely digress for a second. David, what do you think about my ripping of about, Mr. Yeah, I mean, I mean, James Harden, to me, has always been overrated. Um, I don't hate the guy. I really don't like the way he plays. He's a smart, analytical basketball player, and it looks great on paper. But from a visual contact uh, context, it's just not pretty to watch. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, he, he's putting up some numbers. But like you said, there's a lot of other players that I'd rather have. Uh, but he's definitely, definitely not a, a top, the top player in the NBA right now. And he never will be as long as Kevin Durant's playing. Uh, I mean, even, you know, Giannis, I mean, you can make it easily make a, uh, a knack for him. So uh, I actually agree with it um, uh, almost completely. So, yeah, I mean, you want to look at his position, Kawhi, Clay Thompson. I like Clay Thompson. Yeah. yeah, Clay Thompson's two to me. Clay Thompson's number two shooting guard in the league for me. And then Who's number one again? Kawhi. Why? Okay. Kawhi's number two shooting guard in the league for me. And then they take Clay at two, and then Harden at three. I take Harden at three, and then Jimmy Butler's like scratch around his, on his brakes. As much yeah. as I hate Jimmy Butler, he's a good player. He's a great shooting guard. So that's and then you could even throw CJ McCollum's in that top five. He's like creeping on because McCollum's had a great series. I think that I think the only problem people have with uh, you know with Clay being two instead of Harden, um, I think you can argue Kawhi and Harden uh, or Kawhi for first pretty easily. But when it comes to Clay, his numbers aren't as pretty. You know, James up here putting thirty points a game almost, um, and then well, Clay obviously he has to sacrifice a lot more because of the team he plays on. And also, but man, it's a it's a, it's a visual hot, thing. It's a visual thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's so Clay's Clay's game is pretty. It's three pointers. It's quick slashing. It's quick jumpers. It's great defense. I I probably could score on James Harden one on one. I'm I'm kidding, but you know what I mean. But (laughs) he's captain the OA defense, and his co-captain Kevin Love is playing for irrelevancy in Cleveland. So I digress. But listen. David, it was great having you on today. Welcome to Belly of Sports. Welcome to the Corner Booth family. It was great having you on today, my man. I appreciate it. A little rusty, but uh, I'm, like I said, I'm glad to be a part of it. I'm glad you guys uh, brought me on. And like I said, big fan of the podcast. So you guys keep it going. Hey, man. Yeah, listen, we're all about consistency. Hopefully, we can bring you back on next week or the week after. We're, we're going to start. A ha- Folks, by, a, by the way, we're back on the twice a week wagon when Kevin gets back. Mark gets his schedule together. We might even have some other co-hosts come and help help my ass out. So y'all stay tuned. <laughs> All right, listen, that wraps it up. We'll see y'all Monday or Tuesday. This episode of The Corner Booth has been brought to you by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Follow your hosts on Twitter at Belly Up Jared and at Mark Riley.